0: Now, something he did so well in his video was, was he drew out for us how political climate affects our workers that we have in the field. It's something that you may not think a whole lot about, but, but whenever rulers change or whenever, whenever presidents don't get along with each other, when currencies tumble or when nations start fighting, someone is always going to feel it. And more often than not, it winds up being the people of God who wind up bearing the brunt of it. And so the truth is, family, that your brothers and sisters and are experiencing levels of persecution like they've not experienced in quite some time. And God, in his goodness, has allowed us to participate in having two of our own families in the city for such a time as this. These prayers that are going up right now, God answered more than a decade ago. God has this habit of answering prayers even before they get prayed. It's the kind of thing that the Holy Spirit does in his mission when God's people are ready to to get up and move, as we've been talking about all year so far. People wind up finding themselves right where God intended them to be all along. Now, before we go any farther in, in, in my sermon time this morning, I want to stop and pray, as I do every time that I preach And in keeping with how we've been encouraging our members to write scripture on their hearts and and claim it as their own in order to share it with the family, our newest shepherd, Jeff Arrington, is going to come and he's going to pray Psalm 86 over us. He has taken what is an an ancient prayer and he's made it his own and he's going to speak it over us. So church family, I'd like to ask you to rise to be led in prayer through Psalm 86 and one of our shepherds, Jeff.
1: Pray with me, please. Turn your head to hear us, O Lord, and answer us, for we are poor and needy. Preserve us, for we are devoted to you. Save your servants who trust in you. You are our God. Be gracious to us, O Lord, for we cry out to you all day long. Teach us your ways, O Lord, that we may walk in your truth. Give us an undivided heart to revere your name. Gladden the soul of your servants, Lord, for you. to you, O Lord, we each lift up our soul. Gladden the soul of your church, for to you, O Lord, we lift up our mission. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving. Abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Teach us your ways, O Lord, that we may walk in your truth. Give us an undivided heart to revere your name. Give ear, O Lord, to our prayer. Listen to our plea for mercy. In the day of our trouble, we will call on you, for you will answer us. Teach us your ways, O Lord, that we may walk in your truth. Give us an undivided heart to revere your name. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and bow down before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. And Lord, you built this church. And we come to bow down before you, O Lord, and we will glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach us your ways, O Lord, that we may walk in your truth. Give us an undivided heart to revere your name. We give thanks to you, O Lord, our God, with our whole heart, and we will glorify your name forever. Hear us, O oh Lord, for we pray through the name of your Son. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jeff.
0: You may all be seated. Now, this is going to come as a surprise to you, but this morning on Mission Sunday, as your missions minister, at least for a while longer, I want to have a conversation about missions. There are some things on my heart that I want to share with you today, and we're going to let Psalm 86, which, which Jeff just spoke over us so beautifully, guide and and inform our thoughts today now we're going to discuss one thing that we need to know one thing that we need to let go of and one thing to look toward and hopefully I would like to think that you all would know that after after four years of studying at the feet of Buddy Bell I know enough that every point needs to start with the same letter so you'll be able to see that on your outline that three points all of them use a word that starts with f thanks buddy all right first of all I want you to hear first of all that missions is for all Missions is for all, and there's actually two different directions for this that we're going to talk about. This mission that we're all on, individually and as a church family, is God's. He's been on mission from as long as he's had a people to call his own. Now we would say that we live under what we call the the Great Commission. The Great Commission were were some of the last words that the Christ gave to us before he went up into heaven, stated beautifully at the end of the the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament that, that tells the stories of what Jesus did. And, and Buddy talked about how he loves hearing it phrased, as you go, make disciples. Baptizing them, teaching them what you know about Jesus. And then Jesus makes this beautiful promise. He tells us that he's going to go with us. It's this promise that eventually gets fulfilled in the coming of the Holy Spirit. And it, that's the one that we've been focusing on so far every Sunday in 2019. Now, I've actually spoken before of how I actually consider what we call the Great Commission to be the great recommission. Way back in Genesis chapter 12, we find what I think is the first, the original great commission. And I think it's worth hearing it. This is out of the, these are the first three verses of Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go. See, from the beginning of of when he had the people, God's been telling his people to move. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I'll show you. And I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you and I'll make your name great. Why? so that you'll be a blessing. I'm going to bless those who bless you, Abram, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. God called Abram to go, yes, so that he could bless his family, but God actually had a greater end in sight than just Abram and his family. It was so that all the families of the earth Could be blessed. This mission to tell of the love and the grace of a good God has always been for the nations. It's not like God suddenly changed his mind in the 400 years in between the Old and the New Testament. He has always wanted his people to be about reaching every nation. And that chunk of Psalm 86 that Jeff prayed over us phrased it so clearly if we just have ears to hear what he's telling us. Now we try to live that as a church. We sit here in Montgomery, Alabama, with really good news about a, about a God that loves people far more passionately than we could ever have invented or imagined or made up. So how can we but help to make sure that the nations get this good news? This good news must cross into the Muslim world, from there hopefully into, into other Islamic countries that surround the Mediterranean. It must reach atheists born. This message must be shared with orphans that live in Malawi, but it also needs to be shared right outside of these walls. It's got to be shared with people in prison. It must be shared with men and women who are trapped in addiction. It is truly for all. But this also applies in another direction. Let's return our thoughts to, to Psalm 86. Psalm 86 begins as a plea for grace and then the first section ends with an assurance that that grace is going to come. Then you have this section where it talks about how, how when this grace gets lived out, nations are going to come not because of who we are but because of who God is of of how he is a promise keeping God and then the psalm ends with the assurance that the one who asked for these things and has been involved in reaching the nations is going to receive an undivided heart now this pattern of grace nations undivided heart gets echoed again later with the coming of the Christ. Jesus came to bring us grace and he sent us to the nations and now he promises us an undivided heart through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In other words, this pattern is that the church as a whole will be blessed and built up when we work to bring the nations to God. You say you want an undivided heart. You're sick of having your heart split in two. That's great. Get on mission. That's how God promises it'll happen. We as a church, we as Landmark, are better because we're on mission we are stronger and we are more shaped like Jesus when we're on mission together God builds his church while winning the world now as I reflected on this there are so many examples that we could call call out from from just our church's history I thought of two one locally one abroad I get to co-lead a life group with a guy named Aubrey Newton This is a dude that uh, yeah that's right let's cheer for Aubrey this is a guy that years ago did not think he would ever find a church that was for him but because this church is on a mission to declare freedom in Christ to every single addict, I now had the honor of getting to rub shoulders with this guy and call him a friend, this man who has a great story to tell of a good God who answered his pleas for grace. Or what about that time when we needed a miracle for the to get to work together in the same place? You see, the idea was that we'd send them to be the teammates of the we'd sent years before. But the closest they could get was about an eight-hour drive apart as Jesus was working to finish up a degree that would let him have access to to stay in the country. So we as a church, we decided we're going to pray about this. We set apart a week to pray and to fast. And on the following Monday, had not one, but two job offers to move to work right alongside the from the only two universities in that city that could have offered him a job these are the sort of faith building stories that we get to tell and that we get to experience because we are on mission God builds his church local while he's winning the world let's move on let's move on to something that we need to let go of we need to let go of our fear when we are on mission for God we don't have to be afraid Even when we're attempting things that are so big, they're bound to fail unless God shows up. Thing is, though, we have an enemy who wants us to be afraid. He wants us to to be tempted to fear. God knows this is something we're going to be tempted to, and that's why Scripture is filled to bursting with people who encounter God and are immediately told, don't be afraid. Because God knows his people are going to be afraid. When you look, you see Moses, Joshua, loads of the judges, pretty much everybody in that birth narrative for Jesus and everybody in that resurrection story for Jesus, they all have to be told, don't be afraid because God knows we're going to be afraid. But God, while patient with us, he wants to defeat fear in us. Oddly enough, one of the things that I think inadvertently contributes to our fear of being on mission is when we, we somehow hold up our missionaries as, as some kind of, of super Christian. This is, this is something that's unfair on a lot of levels. First of all, it puffs them up. And, and I've been a young missionary, believe it or not, I was at one time, a young missionary, and I know that young missionaries don't need any help puffing themselves up. That's something they've got cornered on their own. But the other thing that it can do is it fills people with despair as they realize that on the inside... Yeah, they're not like people keep telling them that they are. That's how I reacted when I first moved to the field. Fear has been and and remains one of the enemy's most effective tools against me. And back when I was a green 24-year-old missionary moving to a West African country that I had never even visited, I remember having the closest thing to a panic attack that I've ever had in my life as that plane was landing. And my lovely bride with the peace of Christ on her, reached over and took my hand and said, babe, there's no way in the world I could do this without you. I'd be so scared. That's perfect timing. It's perfect. And um, and that was, but the problem was I had this, I had this idea that I needed to put on a strong front and I missed a moment to confess my fear and to be prayed for by my bride and I wouldn't have had to suffer and continue to be afraid if I had just not had that, that false idea that God's not going to be able to take it away. I also think we do ourselves a disservice when we neglect to tell the right kind of missionary stories. I would imagine a lot of you would know the name Jim Elliot. Jim Elliott was that missionary who, who went to Ecuador and he was eventually killed by the tribe that he and some of his co-workers were trying to reach. Um, amazingly enough, the remaining co-workers, a lot of them stayed. Some of their surviving family members stayed and they were a part of seeing that tribe, large portions of it, come to Christ. It's it's an incredible story. It's the stuff of books and movies, in part because of how it turned out. There's sacrifice and there's victory at the end. Also, Jim Elliott was great at Uh, one-liners. He's the one who gave us, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And that's a great story. But if we're honest, how many of us walk right up to Jim Elliott's story and look at it shake our heads and say yeah there's no way there's no way that couldn't have been I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't be able to do that I'm gonna tell you another story how many of you guys have ever heard of Bert Bert Elliott was Jim's older brother Bert went to Peru a few years before Jim went to Ecuador and Bert stayed For over 60 years, I'm saying 60, not 16, for over 60 years, Bert and his bride Colleen stayed and ministered in the country of Peru. And as one article that I read put it, Jim was this great meteor that streaked across the sky in a moment and then burned out brightly. And Bert was a faint star that rose night after night, faithfully crossing the same path to God's glory for 60 years. Now, the world might have neglected to notice Bert, but I guarantee you, our God has not. That kind of long obedience in the same direction is the kind of story that we also need to hear. And I think that's the kind of missionary story we can get behind because Bert's courage was, day after day, I'm going to wake up where God has put me and I'm going to live on his mission. And that's the same kind of courage Landmarks missionaries have abroad as well as locally. But it's also the same kind of courage that my good buddy Kevin shows every day he carries Jesus onto Gunter Air Force Base. Or my friend Michaela has when she carries it onto AUM's campus. Or my friend Gina, who gets up and teaches the same little group of kids every single Sunday morning. These are the kinds of stories that we also need to hear as a part of defeating fear in our lives. stories like that help. But there's something else that helps us too. And that's being a part of something greater than ourselves. And so to that end, right now, we're going to declare together that we will not be bound up in fear, that we are not going to be slaves to fear, but rather we're going to submit ourselves to be slaves to Christ. So while the praise team comes on up here and takes their places, I want to tell you about what we're going to do in this moment. Now, normally, whenever we sing the song, No Longer Slaves, we have this moment where somebody from the praise team reads Romans 8, 14 to 17. We're going to do that this morning, but instead instead of that, I've asked four young men, Ian, Israel, Marco, and Dalton, four young men who've been a part of Landmark through our campus ministry to do this reading for us instead, each of them in their mother language. Now, I want you to keep in mind two things because we've chosen these men intentionally. First of all, every one of them represents a country where it's becoming increasingly difficult to be a believer. Ian is from which we've already heard about this morning. uh, Israel is from nigeria that is a country deeply divided north and south by, by a number of things but islamic on christian and christian on islamic violence marco is from venezuela that's a country that is tearing itself apart at the seams this weekend and dalton is from these united states a country which is increasingly hostile to statements of belief These men also illustrate what I was talking about earlier, about how the local church is blessed by the foreign mission. The landmark church is the better and the stronger for having received some of the best and brightest sons and daughters from around the world. So with these thoughts in mind, church family, I invite you to stand. We're going to worship together and we will declare that we will not be slaves to fear. Having declared that together, that truth that we are no longer bound to be slaves to fear, let's talk about the future. Truth is, change is afoot within the Landmark's missions ministry. Kevin and Charity Linderman came back to the States last year. My family is leaving at the end of March. The Coopers are planning to return to the States, at least for the foreseeable future this summer. So one might question whether or not Landmark is going to continue to to push forward, whether or not Landmark is going to continue to to lean into this mission, or if perhaps we're going to take a step back. Well, to answer that question, I would point you back to Psalm 86, which our shepherd spoke over us. The section of that psalm ended with a declaration that because God is who he is, we will walk in truth. We will have undivided hearts that do not fear our enemy, but that instead have a holy, healthy fear of his name and that we will glorify his name forever. Brothers and sisters, the landmark church will glorify the name of the Lord forever. This is a church that is on God's mission and we will never quit until he calls us home or he comes back to get us. There's a growing crowd of missionaries that have returned and in the last four years, we've seen the Bloomers, the Smiths, and the Lindermans all come back stateside, although they each remain involved in some ways with where they were serving. Four families remain on the field, all of them serving in challenging or closed countries. And those who've stayed local as our missionaries fearlessly wade time and again into messy dark places because that's where the light of grace shines the brightest and now we're ready to move forward there are two things that we're going to be funding today in our offering that i want to make sure that you know about first of all within our missions budget for 2019 we have programmed in the salary of a new missionary family now we don't yet know whom god's going to bring to us but you need to know we're ready We stand ready to send again. Your church leadership and particularly your mission vision team have been asking God to bring us just the right family to send. We've got some really good prospects. The truth is that you, Landmark, have a great reputation of being a sending church within our fellowship. Now one of these prospects, a really neat couple, James and Meredith Thompson. They're a young couple that did a lot of growing up here at Landmark during their time in the campus ministry. They've done a lot more growing up over the last couple of years that they've spent in Italy serving overseas and and right now as we speak they are they're working with that organization that buddy refers to as evil who's taking me away from you uh, to be trained in order to go and make disciples among muslim refugees working in the mediterranean rim so whether or not we have the honor of sending them or we wind up getting to send someone else and, and another church has the privilege of partnering with james and meredith i want you to know that landmark stands ready to send a new family out just as soon as god brings them to us And you're going to be a part of that here in just a moment. Second, I want you to hear that we're moving forward in developing an intentional short-term missions point as a church. Now, many of Landmark's sons and daughters flood out of the state on short-term mission trips annually. That's something that, that is so good, and it's something that your leadership affirms and rejoices in. But that said, your shepherds also wanted a place that all of Landmark, from young families on through prime timers, could serve. Now, now for that to happen, it needed to have some some requirements to it. It needs to be relatively close. It needs to be relatively safe. And it needs to be a place where, where the trips are done in a responsible fashion. And really, we also wanted to learn how to submit as a church. It needed to be a place where we could go and we could submit to local leadership. So researching all these things led us to the 410 Bridge, an organization based out of Atlanta, that, that, that really does nothing but promote and coordinate healthy short-term missions trips. And, and after a scouting trip in 2018, we've all arrived at the village of El Pajal in the mountainous, coffee-growing regions of Guatemala. Uh, you, can, you can squint all you want. Uh, El Pajal's is not on this map. It, it's the kind of place that doesn't make any kind of map. So you're welcome to squint and pretend you see it. Uh, but it is the little village that we are hoping to bless and to be blessed by over the coming years. Now, this morning, I want to let you know God has assembled our first team. I'm gonna call out their names and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna thank God for them. So first of all, Doug and Susan Prater, Danny and Linda Holmberg, Leanne Jordan, Tina Campbell, and Bobby Reeves. Let's thank God for this team that God has assembled. I am so excited about who's answered their church's call to go and represent us. This team of nurses and educators and counselors and water experts are eagerly anticipated by the village of, of El Pahal at the end of May. They're so excited about them coming that they said, yeah, go ahead, bring the lawyer too. It's low-lying fruit, I'm sorry. Now we are hopeful that pending approval of the village of El Pahal, and remember, we're going to submit ourselves to the leadership of the Christians on site there. Landmark will soon be able to send multiple trips annually from families to teens to college to small groups to widows. And now to facilitate that, for the first time since 2008, we are reinstituting into our missions budget a line item for a short-term mission stipend. Now this is primarily this year to help those who've answered their church's call to go as our representatives for this first trip to El Pahal. And it's It's not a lot, but it's something that we're hoping we can grow into, that we can begin to grow as a church, as you give, that we can give more toward the sons and daughters of this church who want to partner with this effort. It's a great first step, and I'm excited about it. All right, so this morning, you've heard three things from me. First of all, you've heard that missions is for all, not just for all people groups, but also for the senders, at least as much as those who receive the missionaries. You've also heard that we do not need to take our fear with us. In fact, we stood up and we declared together that we will not be slaves to fear anymore. And you've also heard me explain to you just a part of why we have such a bright future in missions that God is preparing for this church to step into. And so that brings us to our response time now. As usual, I'm gonna lead you in part of this and then Buddy's gonna bring us home. Here's what I want you to hear. The single most important part of being a sending church is being a praying church. When you pray, God our Father listens to you and he answers from on high and he responds. And in the same way that missions blesses in both directions, it blesses as you send and as you receive, the more time that you spend in prayer with your Father for your missionaries, you're going to find yourself blessed simply by spending more time with your Father in prayer. And so to that end, Our Father in heaven, we come before you right now on behalf of, say the names. We pray for physical, but even more importantly, spiritual protection from the enemy for, say the names. We pray for strong families and strong teams that show what oneness in Christ ought to look like. We pray that, say the names, would always be growing in their love for those to whom you've sent them that somehow they'd love the way that you do. We pray also for success, for, say those names. Not the kind of success the world lifts up, Lord, but the kinds of things that are successes, that are wins in your eyes, God. We pray also that you would make landmark, that you would make us a better sending church and a more prayerful church. And finally, Father, we pray that every one of us as well as everyone touched by, say your names one last time, would be found faithful on that great day when you finally send the Christ back to us. Send Jesus quickly, Lord. In the name of the Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: Please be seated. Wow, how exciting. I love Mission Sunday because we get to hear so much about what God is doing here in Montgomery and around the world. It's so much, it's a little bit hard to to keep up with. Uh, Andy actually left out one new ministry we're starting that I wanted to point out to you. It's on the front of your card. It's on the bottom right. It says RSVP Addition Recovery Group. Addition Recovery Group. It's the first group for preachers, okay? I appreciate that. That was low-hanging fruit. Thank you very much. You know, it's so exciting to hear all these things that God is doing. But, but what's more exciting to me about what we get to do today is we get to be a part of what God's doing. We, we don't, we're not just passive here in, in this effort to reach the world. In, in fact, here's our response put by a well-known preacher, John Piper. Our response to this is we can go, send, or disobey. You see, Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus made a very direct command, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. You can go, you can sin, or you can disobey. Now, some of you may choose to go. One of the greatest things about our mission effort is a vast majority of our missionaries came out of these pews, who, who might have been here on a mission Sunday and they were touched and God touched them and God led the the into this ministry that they're a part of and so God may call you to go pray about that but for those of us who aren't called to go we have a big role we have the privilege to send and that's what's going to happen in just a few moments as we give Our missions offering you know we hear all these awesome stories we've been inundated with them today and I hope you don't hear them and go wow that's so neat what they're doing the way God would have you hear this is that so awesome what we're doing and so today we get to be a part of this our goal has been stated it's a big goal $210,000 but here's what I want you to remember Every dime given today will go out of this building to missions. Our church works on a 51-week budget so that everything on this Sunday goes to missions. Also, in this budget of 210000 that's not just drawn out of the air. There's very little fluff. Most years we're within 2% of that budget one way or the other. So it's money we have to have. This year it all came in about Christmas time when we finally completed it and thank God for what you did. And so this work will go locally and in foreign fields when you give. And today it's so easy to give. You you could give by check, you could give by text, you could give cash. Love watching the children come forward this morning giving cash. And then in your a copy of lifelines there's actually a commitment card and and this card you don't have to give it all today if you can that's awesome but on this card you can tell what you're gonna give today and what you're gonna pledge to give by the end of the year 2019 and so as we we call you to the front bring that card because here's the exciting thing to me and we're about to sing this song Build your kingdom, Lord. We get to be a part of building God's kingdom. That's no small fries. One of my favorite verses in that song goes this way. Unleashing your kingdom power, reaching the near and far, no force of hell can stop your beauty-changing hearts. You made us for so much more than this, Awake the kingdom seed in us. I pray that seed has been awakened in my heart and your heart. The line that just rivets my soul is, you made us for so much more than this. In our mundane, everyday life, it can become just about sleeping and eating and working and raising children and saving for retirement and just all those kind of things. But here's the awesome thing about the God that we serve. He has made us for so much more than this. Now, let me tell you a story that I found out about this week. Many of you have heard of of Trent Dilfer. He was just recently hired as the head football coach at Lipscomb Academy. That's like Alabama Christian Academy in Nashville. Now, if you know about Trent Dilfer, he's got a lot of accolades. He was a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You'll see how big a thing that is today. Uh, He played in the NFL. He, he's run an incredible quarterback camp. He now is on ESPN. And, and one day, he's talking to his wife and saying, man, I, I'm I'm so blessed. I get to live a life that almost any man in America would swap places with me. I, I get to do all these things. On top of all those, his greatest accolade was he spoke at the 2018 gridiron kickoff at the Landmark Church. Okay, let's make that straight. But he's telling his wife all these things and he gets to do and how blessed he is. And then she says to him, Trent, that's all well and good, but you're not doing anything of kingdom significance. And so that's how this multimillionaire with the hand of God on him, ends up being the head football coach at a small private school in Nashville, Tennessee, because he wanted to do something of eternal significance. And that's the opportunity we have. The mission vision teams can come up right now, and they're going to be ready to receive your offering. And and what we want you to do is just come And come to them. These people oversee our mission work. They'll be great in this transition as Andy leaves us. They've got great expertise, but please bring something. No matter how large the gift or how small the gift, you'll be blessed by God. And here, let's go back to our choice one more time. After all we've heard and all we've seen... You can go, or you can sin, or you could disobey. I'm telling you, I don't want to be in that last category. I think either of the first two will lead to an amazing amount of significance in your life and fulfillment. Because aren't you tired of just living life for yourself? Today, you get to help build his kingdom. And you get to do something of eternal kingdom significance even right now as we worship as we stand and sing please come